0: Oh, hey, welcome to the Flight and Scarlet Show. I'm Sarita Lopez from FlightAndScarlet.com, and today we're going to be talking about something a little bit heavier. So this is kind of my warning to you that if um, emotionally abusive relationships are um, sort of a trigger for you, they make you uncomfortable, then feel free to skip this episode, even go back and listen to other episodes. Um, I'm not going to be offended because I really don't want to... um, you know, trigger you cause any anxiety or anything like that. Um, but we're basically just going to be talking about kind of what the signs of emotional abuse are and what to do about them. So some of you might notice that this is the same episode you listened to last week. Um, because some of you did manage to download the last episode and listen to it. Um, but I did remove it because I kind of realized that it was possible that I would be kind of endangering my own relationships um, based on some of the things that I shared. So if you listen to that, I would really appreciate it if you kind of kept that private. There weren't that many of you. Um, But I did talk a lot about my own personal experience with um, emotional abuse and kind of how to maintain a relationship with people that you care about that that was happening with. And I realize that maybe I shouldn't have shared quite as much as I did, which is super easy to do in this sort of environment where you're just talking and it feels like you're just hanging out. Um, But this is a very kind of public space, right? So sometimes I'm very open about things, but when it involves other people, I'm going to try and keep it a little bit more private. So I'm going to talk pretty generally in this episode. Um, If you listened to last episode, I encourage you to still listen to this one because I'm going to talk a little bit more generally um, and it will still be useful to you. So, um, let's talk about healthy family relationships and kind of what to do if that's a struggle for you. So everybody has family issues, right? There's people that fight, people that maybe don't talk to each other, you know, there's rules you don't like or whatever. We all have families and not every family is perfect, right? Like majority of families are not. Um, but the situation where someone is being emotionally abusive is always tricky, um, in any relationship, because generally it involves somebody that you care about, right? If it's someone you don't care about, it's generally easier to say goodbye because you're like, okay, I barely know you. You don't get to treat me like this, right? But if it's somebody that you love, um, it's harder because you have this mixed kind of feeling where you're like, I don't deserve to be treated like this, but also I love you. So maybe I'll put up with it for a little while. Um, and so then that keeps happening and then you start to internalize things. So the kind of signs would be general, you know, family issues can kind of morph into these things. So I'm going to kind of go over what these typical symptoms of emotional abuse are. And I'm not just making these up. I did do research on this. Um, but these are all things that I've personally experienced, of course, as well in different relationships. So, um, emotional abuse is generally controlling. So controlling how you speak, controlling your clothing, um, controlling where you go, expecting you to put everything aside to do something for this person or be with them. Um, They'll feel entitled to your time. So like, how dare you go and do something else? They want you to spend all of your time with them. Um, It becomes so much that you walk on eggshells around them. You don't, you don't want to set things off so you're like, okay, you're going to police all of these things about me, so I'm going to try and not do these things so that I don't get in trouble. That's kind of what it is. Um, and then doing that for a longer period of time, even if it's like, you know, just a few months, um, you become internally critical. So you start thinking, maybe they were right. Maybe I should be paying more attention to like how I speak or my clothes. Maybe I should be putting things aside to spend time with them. Um, maybe they, they do deserve Um, to feel entitled to my time Um, and then even if you question yourself you're still feeling a little confused and so then you try and talk about it and they refuse to accept your feelings acting like you're completely ridiculous so you don't feel safe enough to talk about um, how you know alone you feel your struggles Um, the big things that they'll say are you're blowing this out of proportion you're exaggerating you're being selfish Um, so you don't feel like you deserve to feel the way that you feel. You don't feel like your feelings are valid. So they might create, you know, rules about how you interact with them. There will be probably lots of fighting and you'll feel afraid to stand up for yourself. Um, maybe there are, you know, values that you don't believe in, but you don't feel like you can share what you think without being accused of being selfish or, you know, exaggerating. So generally, it's a lot of like controlling behavior. Um, But you start to feel like maybe some of it is fair. And so you stick in this relationship, whether it's with a group of people or it's with one person, um, whether it's, you know, family, a friend, a relationship that is romantic, um, anything like that. These are all kind of signs of emotional abuse. So It's a tricky word. Emotional abuse is a very kind of like heavy word. It's not like a joke, right? Like it's not something subtle. Um, It's very serious. So when you hear this, maybe you're listening to this right now and you're in this situation, you don't want to accept it, right? It's not easy to accept that something like that is happening to you. Um, But I'm going to try and give you some pointers for how to move forward. So If you would like to maintain a relationship with this person or this group of people, these are some steps you can take. These are also steps you can take um, to help you decide if you want to stay friends or, you know, maintain a relationship with this group of people or this person. So step number one is to recognize what's happening and know that it's not your fault. So maybe you're listening to this and you're like, no, this isn't happening to me. This can't be happening to me but I encourage you to reflect maybe after you listen to this episode and think about whether or not it is happening. You know, you're the only one who can really say if this is happening or not, because you know, sometimes people do these kinds of things and it's not necessarily abusive. So like sometimes I want to spend all of my time with my partner because I don't see him enough. That doesn't mean that I'm demanding he spend all my time with him. It doesn't mean that he should be walking on eggshells around me. Right. Um, And sometimes you become internally critical in a relationship because you are like questioning, hey, maybe I didn't do something right, maybe I should apologize. Sometimes these things happen and they're not necessarily an emotionally abusive situation. But if a lot of these kind of symptoms were happening for you, think about it. And if you feel safe enough, talk to a trusted friend or loved one about what's going on, reach out to a counselor. I have left some links below for someone, uh, some phone numbers and websites you can go to if you need somebody to talk to because you don't have anybody that you trust. Um, but reach out for help and talk and figure out maybe what's happening. I even suggest, um, something I did recently was I recorded a voice memo and sent it to my friend because I needed to get these feelings out and I needed to verbalize them. And I really wanted to talk to her, but I couldn't at that moment. So I recorded a voice memo and then I sent it to her and it actually helped me to kind of verbalize my feelings. So if you don't even want to send it to somebody, but you want to like talk it out, record a voice memo on your phone and then listen to it and talk it out yourself. Um, go outside, put your phones in, pretend you're talking to somebody on the phone. Um, so recognize what's happening and know that it's not your fault. So this is kind of like all in one suggestion. Number one, recognize what's happening is like a big step. Knowing it's not your fault is the one that we struggle with. when we're in a kind of emotional abusive, um, situation because we're like, Oh my God, like I did this, I did something wrong. Um, But it's not your fault. If someone is treating you that way, that is a reflection on them. It is not a reflection on you. No matter how many times they try and tell you that it's your fault, it is not your fault. You didn't do anything to be treated that way. Okay, so if you're feeling like it's your fault, reflect on that. Why do you feel like it's your fault? Talk about it with somebody that you trust. Do the voice memo thing. but I really want you to realize that like things that happen aren't always your fault. Okay. Like it's not your fault how somebody else is treating you. It's their choice to treat you that way in the end. Like really, if you're in a situation where you're mean to someone and they're mean back to you, they can choose to not be mean back to you. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not necessarily saying in that situation where you like decided to be an asshole and they were an asshole back that, you know, that's fair or not fair. What I'm saying is that person has control over how they react to you. So even if you're like, well, I wasn't very nice to that person. So, you know, it was fair that they were controlling, like, no, they had the choice to not be that way. Just like you had the choice to not be mean or whatever it is that you're thinking, right? Like everybody has control over their own reactions and their feelings. Number two is to prioritize your mental health. So once you recognize what's happening and you know, it's not your fault, like that's not easy. So you're going to need to take care of yourself. The day that I decided to go to counseling for, um, like all the things that have happened in my life. I've been to counseling many times, but like I've been to counseling for grief. I've been to counseling because of conflict. I've been to counseling because of sexual assault. I've been to counseling because of anxiety and depression. Like the, d- the first day that I decided to go to counseling, like, I don't know, like seven years ago was the day that things began to change. It didn't magically fix everything, but it was the choice that like allowed me to see that I was, I could choose me over everybody else it's not selfish. It's taking care of yourself. It's really hard to remember that your feelings are valid when this stuff is happening to you. Right. But they are like how you feel matters. Um, an app that I recently found is called Youper. So like Y O U P E R. Um, and it's, it, it, there's like a free version and a paid version. I signed up for the paid version. It's like $9 a month or something. Um, but it's like kind of like a little, like, AI assistant that checks in on you with your mental health and you have like a little mini chat kind of. And you say like how you're feeling and you talk about like why you might be feeling that way. Like what maybe made you feel that way. So for example, like I could say I'm tired and the result is work or something. And then you can delve into why you're feeling that way. Or you can, it gives you like meditation ideas or like other things that you can do. Um, So it's just like to check in on your feelings, especially because if you're in an emotionally abusive situation, you're being told that your feelings are invalid a lot of the time. So prioritizing that you are allowed to have your feelings, even if it's literally on an app and not talking to a human being like that matters. Um, The nice thing about that app, too, is that you can eventually see correlations between Um, your feelings and the activities or whatever's happening in your life. So one of the things that's on there is like partner. So like, I might be like, Oh, I'm frustrated. And the result was my partner. Like you really frustrated me. But the majority of the time is I feel happy as a result of my partner. So you can see like, okay, sometimes I get frustrated from my partner. Sometimes I'm really happy. And it looks like the majority of the time I'm really happy. So you can kind of see like what activities and things in your life are affecting your feelings. And that's kind of really important. um, Because then you can actually take more control over your life. So um, aside from like literally just checking in with your feelings every day, multiple times a day, um, do an activity that you love, write, read, join a sport, go for walks, like whatever it is that you enjoy, do something like that once or twice a week if it's too hard to do it every day. Um, But I encourage you to do something that you love every single day because then you are prioritizing what you care about, right? And it doesn't have to be something that's like three hours a day. It could be like literally just go for a five minute walk around the block. Um, or it could be like, you know, cooking a meal that you like, um, which leads me into my next suggestion for prioritizing your mental health, which is to prioritize eating well, like eating well really affects your mental health. Um, if you're eating crappy, greasy, junky food all the time, your brain's not getting the fuel that it needs. And it gets into this like funk. Like I've noticed myself, like, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I find that when I am eating like crap, it's like my brain gets foggy and I, all I do is want to eat more crap and sit around, basically. Like that's what happens. But if I'm more active, I need more fuel. So I eat like better food and then I'm not even tempted to really eat like junkier food a lot of the time. Like once I'm kind of in like um, like a routine of eating better I end up not wanting to eat crappy as often. Like, of course, I still like eat a cookie or have some fries if I feel like it, but it's not like something that's every day, which totally happens if I'm like feeling like crap slash already eating badly. Like they really mesh together. Like if you feel like crap, you might eat worse, but if you eat really well while you're feeling like crap, it'll help your brain to kind of figure itself out. Um, So really prioritize eating well. It could be as simple as like buying bagged salad. And like opening up the bag, emptying it into a plate and like drizzling some dressing on it and eating it. Like maybe grab a hard boiled egg or put some like tuna on it. Like that's literally what I've been doing like all week because I really struggle with like taking care of myself at lunchtime. Because right now I work at home and I can just like get other things done instead during lunch. So I need something like quick because I'm like I can be overly productive sometimes. Like I that's just kind of my personality. I like to get things done. I don't like when there's a mess, I'll start cleaning up. Like, I don't even mean to, it just kind of happens. And then I'm like, oh crap, I've got 10 minutes to eat. And so then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to empty the salad bag. It's super easy. Like you, I mean, I don't recommend like working through your break or anything like that. Like, honestly, you should eat for that full half hour if you can. Um, But I understand work doesn't always allow for that. So make sure that when you do eat, you're eating good stuff. Um, the next suggestion would be to get enough sleep, which I know everybody tells you this, you know, eat well, get enough sleep, exercise, but actually like if you can prioritize sleep, it makes a huge difference on your mental health because I didn't realize this, but last year, um, like before I, I found out that I have anxiety and depression, I was not sleeping well, not on purpose, but like I couldn't fall asleep, um, like I would literally just lay in bed and not be able to fall asleep. And then I would oversleep all the time. Like it was just really like difficult, which is super common with anxiety and depression. But um, once I started being like, okay, I need to be reading. I'm going to bed at this time. I got into a really nice routine until of course, you know, every time you get into a routine, routine kind of like decides to, you know, shove it in your face. But um, I did really well for a good amount of time and my mental health improved. And now I'm finding that. So um, I got the Phillips light wake up light. Um, So it like, you set your alarm clock and you can choose like the amount of time beforehand that you want it to start lighting up like the sunrise. And so I wake up to natural light. It actually helps me wake up feeling better rested than being jarred awake by an alarm. You could also try, um, I think it's called like sleepy time. Um, It's an app that allows you to put in the time that you need to wake up and then it'll give you the time that you should go to bed based on how sleep cycles work. Um, there's another app that I use called sleep cycle. It was a paid app. Um, I think some of the features, because I bought it before it was like a big premium thing. Um, it tracks your sleep as you sleep and then wakes you up. Um, like it wakes you up when you're in the right stage of sleep. So like if, if you wake up during rapid eye movement phase, that's when you're typically dreaming and it's really hard to wake up. So it'll wake you up when you're not in that phase of sleep. Those are different tools that you can use. Um, I really recommend sleepy time though, because it's free and it's pretty easy to use. You can also put up the put the time that you want to go to bed and then it'll tell you what time that you should wake up. Um, so sometimes, you know, take baby steps. Like if you're only sleeping four hours a night, like try to increase it to five hours a night um, and do that over time because it really, really helps. Plus, like if you're eating well and like doing a little bit of exercise, for example, going for a quick walk around the block, that will help you regulate your sleep so basic self-care basically like literally just put in effort to take care of your brain (laughs) that's basically what you need to do and it doesn't need to be like this huge daunting thing so I said do an activity that you love prioritize eating well get enough sleep so do an activity that you love go for a walk or if you're struggling with getting outside read or watch Netflix (laughs) like write something um Prioritize eating well, bag salads, like slow cooker meals, stuff that doesn't require a ton of work. Get enough sleep, like download the Sleepy Time app. Try getting enough sleep, like do your very best. Take it in baby steps. Okay. Basic self-care, right? You got to like eat, (laughs) you got to sleep and then do something a little extra for yourself. Number three, build a support system. So When you're in an emotionally abusive relationship or, you know, situation, you can feel very isolated and that does not help your mental health. And it will make you feel like this is the only way to live kind of thing. Like you're only being told that you are selfish, that you're being completely unreasonable. And this is like the only form of a relationship that you see sometimes if you are really isolated, Um, which like that's 100 percent happened to me. So you need to go and find a support system outside of the situation, especially if it's your family, because your family is supposed to be your support system. And if it's not, you need to go find another family. Um, Something I always kind of say is like when I left my home and went to university in a completely different city, I built a new family there. Like I didn't have my family. So I created a new one and I still kind of have like my two families and that's totally okay. You're allowed to have another family kind of like that's, I mean, I guess it's not a blood family or whatever, but I mean, sometimes your blood family isn't the family that you really love, right? Like it's not this that situation for everybody. So to build a support system, start by like taking out your phone, opening the no- notes app and literally just write out a list of the people that you trust and love. So I actually did this a couple months ago. This is a suggestion from Hillary Rushford, again, um, because I a year ago was kind of brand new to Vancouver again. Even though I grew up here, I was gone for eight years and I just moved back a year ago. And so I didn't have everybody that I knew from Edmonton. And so I needed to kind of build new relationships or work on the ones that I had before. So the only way I could do that was to actually put in the effort. Like you can't expect everybody that you knew to come back to you because they've continued without you kind of thing. Right. So, I literally wrote out a list of the people that I trust and love who are in the Vancouver area. I wrote it out. I had like six people when I started. Um, text them every week, at least once a week, and try to see one friend each week. So, you can literally text them all. Like, if you just sat down for like five minutes and message them all, being like, hey, like, what are you up to? How's your week? Something simple like that. And then try to keep the conversation going for a little bit. Um, just to check in once a week. And trying to see one friend a week um, is actually trickier than you think, especially as an adult. Everybody has their own lives, right? So it's probably reasonable to only be seeing one or two friends a week. So then what happens is you see each friend at least once like every few months. And over time, you'll have a whole network of people who have your back because you have put effort into building a relationship with them. Now pay attention you know, if people aren't responding to you, maybe it's time to move on to that. I mean, move on from that person if they're not reciprocating, but like, it does take time. It, it takes a few months to really build a relationship. But if you put in the effort of like messaging them and, um, seeing somebody each week, that's how you make friends, right? Um, if you struggle with making friends and you're like, I can't even think of six people right now, try joining a group activity, like a sport or a class. So something that we joined was dodgeball in Vancouver. And we met, awesome people on our team. And now they're people that like we hang out with and, you know, like we go for beers after a game or something like that. It's a really easy way to make friends as adults. Find something that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be a sport. It doesn't even have to be like a physical activity. It could be like join a D&D group. It could be, um, join a book club, like go on meetup.com and see what there is in your area. The goal here is just to spend more time with people who love and support you right? You guys have common interests. This kind of network of, um, like healthy relationships will help you to feel less lonely and isolated. So like you're obviously you can't control how every relationship goes, but if you start to see like the symptoms of emotional abuse within these new friends, like move on, just say goodbye or don't even like (laughs) just leave. It's so much easier to do when you don't really know the person that well. So you can just do that. And the thing with like having healthy relationships is they will be able to kind of like see what's happening in your life and help you put things into perspective. Like they'll be able to, you know, look at the relationships that you already have in your life that might be emotionally abusive and speak some truth objectively from the outside. Right. And that can help you kind of see things. Plus having healthy relationships will kind of show you like what a healthy relationship looks like so that you can see the difference. Because that, like, my first romantic relationship was not healthy, right? That's the one where I was sexually, um, like, I was raped. And then I um, was emotionally um, abused as well. And so, like, I didn't really know what a healthy relationship looked like. My relationship with my partner now is, like, total opposite. Like, I didn't even think that I could have a relationship like that. I just didn't know that they existed, to be honest. Like, I didn't know any better. I didn't know the difference. It's not that I was, like – consciously thinking like everybody's an asshole. I'm never going to have a good relationship. I just literally didn't know what relationships were like. So if your only experience in like romantic relationships or friendships or like family are these kind of emotionally abusive situations that you maybe only just realized, you might not realize what is out there that you can actually have like a super happy, healthy, um, life with wonderful relationships. So go out there, try and make friends, work on the friends that you have and like make friendships like deeper and find healthier relationships. And then you can kind of see where you want to go kind of from there. Number four, limit how often you interact with this person or group of people um, who are being emotionally abusive. So if this is your family, um, if you can move out, Move out. Don't let them convince you as or otherwise, and try not to engage them too much. I know that's challenging when you live with someone, so take it slow if you need to. Um, if you've already moved out, then this can be easier. Stop responding to every single text and only message when you really feel ready. Or you know, like respond to every text, but respond in your own time. Like if you're not ready to handle something, leave it. Respond later. See this person or these you know groups of people once a month, even every two months. Leave early if you need to. Um, I've totally done that where like, I missed somebody. So I went to see them. And then it was like, they were immediately being emotionally abusive. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stay for a little bit just to be socially like acceptable. And then leave. you also don't have to do that. Like you don't have to be socially acceptable. Um, you can just leave, (laughs) like take care of yourself. Um, if this is like a friendship, um, I would still limit how often you interact with the person. So like Um, the whole move out already moved out thing is the same in a friendship situation. If you're living with them, um, you know, choose to leave. Like you have every right to, if you're already moved out again, it's a little bit easier. You can just kind of like stop responding to everything. Um, make yourself unavailable, right? Like just find ways to not show that you're online even like Turn off the Facebook Messenger showing that you're online. Because I've had to do that where like people would just message me constantly and they were really like it was a lot of emotional labor. So I just make myself offline on Messenger Forever and I only respond when I'm ready to respond. That's kind of what it is. Um I also turned off red receipts on my iMessages. So people don't know when I've read their messages and I can respond when I'm ready because I mean, we can all be adults and just be like, oh, they read it. They're going to get back to me later. But we all know everybody judges that. So <laughs> just turn that off. They can't see when you read it and you'll respond when you're ready. Right. Um, so like this is all about prioritizing yourself again. So if this person is being emotionally abusive and you've realized it, you don't need to stay there. Like, you, There's no reason for you to feel like you need to stay. Okay. Because you deserve to be treated Well, if you really feel like you can have a conversation, try and have a conversation about it and be like, Hey, right now I'm feeling like you're not listening to my choices. Or maybe don't say it like that. You can say like, maybe I'm not feeling heard because when I share my feelings, like it just seems like I'm being invalidated. You could say it like that. Um, I find with emotionally abusive people, when they hear you say, I feel like this, they're like, well, too bad. I'm sorry. You feel like that. And they don't want to hear that. Maybe they had a role in that. Um, so something I learned in counseling in classes and in counseling is this whole like I language, instead of sounding accusatory and being like, you don't listen to my feelings. You'd be like, I feel that my feelings aren't being heard. Um, that's a strategy you can try. It does not work for me, <laughs> like, um, at least not in my like family relationships, because it's the same where like they just kind of don't. They don't hear that as something that they are responsible for in any way. So it really depends on your relationships. That could be something that happens with anybody, to be honest, but you can try. Um, Number five, know that you cannot fix this person or this group of people and you don't need to. This is really hard to accept, but it's true. I know because I have tried. You cannot control their actions and you are not to blame for their choices. The only thing that you can fix or control is your response. So don't engage when you get an abusive phone call and you want to defend yourself and then it just gets worse. Just walk away. So if you're getting a phone call and somebody just starts yelling at you, just be like, okay, I'm going to talk to you when you're calm down and hang up. And if you think that's going to make things worse, Find a different way to end the call. Let them, like, yell their crap out, but, like, put the phone somewhere else so that you can, like, mute it and do dishes. Like, literally, like, let them do what they got to do and then be like, all right, bye. (laughs) Like, do what you have to do. Um, Try not to feel like you have to say something because that will just make things worse sometimes. Like, if – I know that you deserve to defend yourself, but you can't in this situation sometimes. You can just – let them do what they're doing and then leave kind of thing. Um, If this is something that you're like, no, I can't put up with that, then it's time for you to leave this relationship, right? It's time for you to say goodbye. So if this is someone who you want to keep a relationship with, you need to set boundaries. And that's the trickiest thing. Like That is something that I struggle with all the time. Sometimes you just have to say it, but you need to find like a softer way to say it. So um, recently... Right, uh my partner and I decided to get married, so we are planning the wedding. It's not for like two years, but I hear from everybody. Everyone always says, it's your day, and everyone's gonna tell you that, but nobody's gonna act like it. So I was waiting for the day that like someone was gonna like try and push something on me. So recently, and my parents are like pretty um right now they're being very like chill. <laughs> like they're kinda like, oh, you know, it's your wedding, you can do whatever you want, which is like cool. But like, I'm waiting for it, you know? But recently we had them over and my mom was like, can I make a suggestion? And I, all I said was, yes, you can make a suggestion. And I kind of said it, like, I didn't say it quite so pointedly, but I did say it in a way where she could hear what I meant. And she was like, yeah, just a suggestion. So I was like, okay, boundary set. I didn't say like, I don't want you to like be controlling and like, you can't say everything and like expect me to do it all or whatever. Like I just made it a very, simple but clear boundary so you can do that with people in this situation as well you can try if you're finding that it's impossible and none of these suggestions are helping i'm really struggling to talk today um swipe up and look at the resources that i've shared in the show notes um i've got there's the hotlines for talking to somebody in canada and in the us there's also websites for finding like province specific help in canada and, um, like physical places to go for help. Um, there's also better help where you can talk to a counselor and get more help than I can offer. Cause I'm not a licensed counselor. Um, so these are all kind of things that you can hopefully do on your own. This no, you can fix them thing is really tricky. Um, but really the idea is like, you can't control them. You can't fix them. So just try not to engage. So I'm gonna recap kind of what we went over here. So the symptoms of kind of an emotionally abusive situation are number one, um, people feeling entitled to your time, expecting you to put everything aside and demanding that you spend all of your time with them. Number two, being controlling of you in any way. So like language, uh, how you speak, your clothing, how you spend your time. Number three, feeling like you are walking on eggshells around this person so that you don't upset them. Number four, you become internally critical. Like maybe they're right. Maybe you shouldn't be, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. Number five, they refuse to accept your feelings. Um, and act like you're being completely ridiculous. So you're blowing a set of proportion. You're exaggerating. Number six is they're accusing you of being selfish. So like, you know, if you want to spend your time doing something else, you're selfish. If you accept, or if you start talking about your feelings, you're being selfish. Um, if you're walking on eggshells, you're being selfish. Um, another one that I mentioned, but didn't really list as like a symptom is kind of more of an example is like having somebody call you, um, literally just to yell at you about something that you did wrong. That's another emotionally abusive thing to do. It's not really a symptom, but it's kind of an example. And then the steps that you can take to take care of yourself and to move forward and decide if you want to continue this relationship, um, or like, you know, maintain it in your life or kind of move away from it. Number one was recognize what's happening and know that it's not your fault. If you feel safe enough, talk to somebody you trust, a friend or a loved one. Number two, Prioritizing your mental health, so doing an activity that you love, eating well, getting enough sleep, basic self-care. Number three, building a support system, so writing out a list of the people that you currently trust and love, texting them every week, um, trying to see one friend a week, and, you know, accepting it's going to take some time, maybe joining a group class or a group activity, and, you know, spending time with people who love and support you. Number four, Limit how often you interact with this emotionally abusive person or group of people. If you can move out, move out. If you're already moved out, stop responding to every text. Turn off red receipts on iMessages or any other like app that you have, like WhatsApp, if you can do that. Um, make yourself offline on all the instant messaging things so you can like decide to talk to people if you want to. Number five, know that you cannot fix them. You cannot control their actions. You're not to blame for their choices. The only thing that you can do is be responsible for you. So don't engage with them. Something I'm loving lately is the Youper app. I mentioned it recently. So it's spelled Y O U. P E R. And it's a mental health app that lets you check in on your emotions every day, whenever you want. And you can kind of track how your different activities and relationships are affecting how you're feeling over time. And it's kind of neat because then you can see like whether an activity is more or less making you happy. Um, and you can see like how your emotions correlate with the things that you're doing in your life. Um, and it's nice cause it also has like tools, like it'll give you like meditation ideas or like, ways to analyze how you're feeling that will literally within like five minutes help you gain perspective and change your feelings. It's really helping me with anxiety and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how it helps me with depression over these next winter months because that's when I find that I get really, really, really down. Um, I'm also going to share an extra thing that I love because I did remove my episode from last week. Um, so what I shared last week is I'm loving houseplants. So when we moved into this new place in april we found that on the ceiling there are little hooks for you to hang things on and we were like oh my god like what are we even gonna use these for and we realized we have no greenery in our home so we went out and we got a fern because they are cat friendly by the way so matrix did find some interesting little leaves that he wanted to eat and he did throw up but he did not get poisoned which was really important so if you have a pet definitely google like what plants are are like safe Um, And so now we have this gorgeous, bright green fern hanging just by uh, the kitchen. And it really just brings me happiness. Like, it brings me joy to see this, like, living thing that I have not killed. (laughs) Um, And, of course, like, they're good for cleaning the air. Um, They're actually... It's proven, I believe, I I don't have a study to quote or anything, that having plants helps your mental health. And so far, honestly, it is kind of nice. It's like a little routine to take care of. And every time I see it, I just feel a little bit happier. So yeah, youper and houseplants, things that I'm loving lately. So again, if you enjoyed this episode, um, it would be awesome if you would swipe up and give it a quick review, maybe download any of the other episodes that are available because more of those downloads actually helps for this podcast to become more visible. And then we can kind of help some other people in the world and get some inspiration for them and encourage them. This is really like a place where I want it to feel like we're just like chatting in the living room, having some conversation and being awesome friends. So let's widen our circle of friends. I will see you next week in the next episode.